Spirelli presents Radio Collezione The Story of Lamborghini Countach by Simon Kidstone Now if there's one car that defines automotive pornography, it has to be the Lamborghini Countach. Every teenage boy had one of these as a poster on their bedroom wall in the 1970s and 80s, probably alongside Farrah Fawcett or a woman scratching her bum holding a tennis ball. It really defined an era. I don't think that any car with such outrageous styling has ever been put into series production before or since. Kuntesh, where does the name come from? Well, everybody has their own theory for that, but uh, many years ago, Mrs. Bertone, the widow of Nuccio Bertone, whose company styled the car, told me that they had the prototype waiting in their design studio for the people from Lamborghini to come up from uh, Sant'Agata to have a look at it and to sign it off. And the night before, a cleaner was tidying up this studio so that it looked good for the next day, saw the car and exclaimed, Kuntash, which in the local Piemontese dialect probably can't be translated politely, but is something like Corblimi in English. Sounds much better in Italian, of course. And that name stuck. And the car was launched soon afterwards. Lamborghini actually loved it, although it was a very far cry from what the company had been building when they started out less than 10 years earlier. They were a company that built cars in the mold of founder Ferruccio Lamborghini's ambition to own a businessman's express to beat Ferrari. Certainly not something as outrageous as this, but they loved the Countach concept. The Mura, which had defined Lamborghini for five years by that time, was perhaps showing its age a little bit as the 1970s arrived and design became much more angular and less voluptuous than it had been in the 1960s. And when the covers were pulled off of the Countach at the 1971 Geneva show, the latest version of the Mura, which was shown at the same automotive event, almost went unnoticed. That's how striking the Countach was. But typically, Lamborghini was going through one of its many phases of economic turmoil. Ferruccio Lamborghini was actually selling the company and funds were somewhat tight. And so in the end, it took two years before the Countach actually became a production reality in 1973 and the first cars realistically weren't delivered until 1974. That said, it stayed in production all the way through until 1990. But it's those early cars before Lamborghini had to start adding spoilers and side skirts and wheel arch extensions to keep the car looking young in the face of increased opposition from, of course, Ferrari and Maserati and other pretenders, not least of which Porsche. It's the early cars that are today the most collectible. I like to say that the first Countach, the so-called LP400, LP for longitudinale posteriore, because the engine was longitudinal and in the back of the car, 400 because of the engine size, it's uh, four liters. That car is undoubtedly the crispest and sharpest and most groundbreaking design. As I say, 
a bit like Jane Fonda in Barbarella. It's got that kind of late 60s sci-fi vibe, whereas the later cars I would probably equate to more Pamela Anderson, or to use another cinematographic comparison, the final evolution of a Rocky movie, a Rocky franchise that's probably seen its best days in the past. In 1978, the factory started tacking on these uh, side, side uh, arch extensions to fit the new latest Pirelli P7 tires, which were groundbreaking, and every self-respecting sports car or supercar wanted those tires at the time. And then come the early 1980s, the engine had to grow in size, they stuck a, a T-tray spoiler on the back, which you had to pay for in cash because it wasn't homologated. And then, of course, the very final cars in the late 80s had those side strakes mimicking the styling of the Ferrari Testarossa. But by then, the formula was past its best, and the Diablo took over in 1990. What's the Countach like to drive? Well, I have a relatively early car, a 1977 LP400, the so-called Pediscopi car, which were the first 150 cars because of the periscope mounted in the roof. The theory being, being that you'd have a, a rear view mirror that would allow you to see over the roof rather than inside the cockpit because of the lack of space. But of course, uh, it didn't actually work, although it did look good. So they kept the design and the name. First thing you notice about a Countach is how small it is. It's probably no bigger than a modern Porsche 911. Its presence suggests that it's much larger, but it is actually fairly compact. Somebody approaching the car for the first time will probably wonder, how the hell do I open this door? Because there is no visible door handle. You have to look down a little bit, and you find the door handle is a little button just nestling inside that air intake, which is carved into the side of the door. You push that, and then the door itself lift, lifts up, helped by hydraulic struts you're then faced with what looks like an impossible position to drive in. Uh, you have a one-piece seat with very little in the way of adjustment. You sit on the sill, um, let your bum fall down into the seat, somehow get your legs over the sill and under the steering wheel, and then if you've got very long arms, you can reach up and pull down the door with a heavy thud. If you're anything over schoolboy height, you will probably struggle for headroom especially in the early cars. You turn the ignition key, fuel pumps whirring furiously away, a couple of prods on the Weber carburetors, turn the key, and if you're lucky, the car will start and uh, idle evenly with V12 silky cylinders. Push down the clutch, which is inevitably heavy. Gear change forward into first, and it is very, very heavy. And then, away you go. Steering at low speed, of course, is also heavy, but once you get going, it lightens up and you'll soon find yourself getting used to the car. I have to say, the first time that I drove this car, I thought, what on earth, earth have I done? It feels like sitting in a coffin uh, or a greenhouse, given how much uh, heat comes in from that almost horizontal windscreen. But after 100 kilometers, I was enjoying it. And after 200 kilometers, I was having a dice with an RS6 Audi on the way down to Monaco. Although in fairness, he did have his wife in the passenger seat, which probably slowed him down so much. Darling, darling, slow down. You're driving dangerously. But the Countach to me is one of those cars that deserves its place in every car collection. Even more so now in the modern era, when all those schoolboys from the 80s and 90s, or rather, sorry, 70s and 80s, 
have grown up and are now 40 or 50 something and are able to afford the car of their dreams. I certainly don't regret owning one and it's the realization of a childhood dream. It just would have been better if I hadn't grown compared to the age of eight years old, which is what the, you would imagine the, the target market was, judging from the amount of space inside the car. But the Kuntash is, and always will be, a legend. You've been listening to Radio Collezione by Pirelli.